Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. This is the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally on your favorite podcast sites where you'll also find a library of all of our shows. And if you happen to live or traveling through Charleston, South Carolina, we're heard Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock on the iconic 1250 WTMA with the invaluable assistance of John Quincy. And here she is. Do you like this force of nature? Oh, I love okay. it. Keep it going. And here going. she is, a force of nature, Robin <laughs> Berlinski. <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you, Ron. Welcome to your show. And Thank I know you. we have a bit of business so that everybody can get your pencils and pens and write down these important web addresses. Yeah, so if you're listening on the radio, remember, I have a podcast, Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. Follow us there wherever you listen. And follow me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski, because with every show, there are incredible prizes and fun um, giveaways we do. So you want to listen or you want to follow so you can listen in and win some prizes. I have to say, they really are good prizes. Aren't they cool? If I wasn't, uh, I guess, barred from being in the contest, <laughs> I already know the you answer. You are barred, okay. yes, yes. Well, you, uh, you do one thing very well, and that's bring great guests to this program. And uh, right now is no exception. This is Suzanne Barron. Uh, Andorra is your middle name, if you'd like me to make sure I say that. But let's say Suzanne is an adjunct professor of yoga at Bergen Community College. I know exactly where that is in New Jersey, where she teaches yoga for stress management to college and dual enrollment high school students. Man, I could use this program. Um, she started the Christopher Barron Live Life Foundation in honor, of, in honor of her son Christopher, who passed away, sadly, at the age of nine from leukemia. And this foundation gives underserved kids hope and opportunities they might not otherwise have. Suzanne is currently writing a memoir about her family's journey and how she found hope, joy, and even gratitude in hard times. Boy, could we use some inspiration. Suzanne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ron and Robin. Such a pleasure. We're excited. I'm, I want to tell our listeners, Suzanne, we have a unique path to this friendship. And the path is... So if any of you know of um, Kathy Heller is uh, like a life coach and I've signed on to some of her programs. She's a brilliant, just an amazing woman who just believes in abundance and being the true you and moving through life with your passion and, you know, all great things. Just such an inspirational leader. And I met Suzanne there. And I want to say that there's a lot of people and we're, we're lots of energy Suzanne brings this dynamic in, in her posts and just the way you respond to other people. And Suzanne, I just like fall in love with your energy and what you're doing for the world. We have a lot in common. I do want to get back to how Ron knows where you, you teach. Um, but I also um, want to share that I love you work with children in honor of your son and you bring to life the yoga and the meditation and all these pieces and parts of, of what we need to do more in our lives. Um, I want to hear your story, um, but first I want to highlight something on your website that I love, that you remind children about the power of their imaginations. And I love Walt Disney's quote, if you dream it, you can do it. And that's what I think about is you're giving kids this opportunity to dream something and then do something. So thank you for being here, for taking this risk. We didn't know each other that well, but I think we'll know each other really well after this show and talk a bit about your journey. Thank you so much, Robin. Uh 
Wow, what a beautiful introduction, and and I agree. I mean, I have learned so much in this program that we're in together with Kathy, and uh, it's been such such a journey and such a shift in my life. And you know, um, even what you brought up about how um, you know from my website, it's it's so empowering with these kids. They walk in the first day and they tell us all they can't do. And then after our workshops, maybe they're four weeks, sometimes they're nine weeks, they tell us all they can do. It's really beautiful to watch. I love it. I love it. So do you have, let's start at the beginning. Do you have an educate? Are you a teacher? I am not. (laughs) So, you know, it's interesting. I had always wanted to be a teacher at some time in my life, but I know. How did I get into this? So, because I do have a lot of education. I do work in a lot of education. You do. Um, So I thought about, after my son passed, I thought about going back, you know, not going back, um, signing up to become a teacher, but my path took me a different direction, and we, we found, bottom line is no, I don't have a background in education. (laughs) I love it. But you know what? Everybody's path is crooked. I mean, some people probably do the straight line, right? Well, she's teaching right? now, College. so that's the same. Right, so. right. I just didn't know if you started in a classroom because your your website is so inspiring. What you do with kids is so inspiring. You're connected to a school. You work with high school students. You work with college students. And it just seems to me that, like, you had this path. But, um, again, the path led you to where you needed to be. You know, it's interesting that you ask because I just remembered when I was in high school, we had this six-week opportunity to work and I divided it into two different opportunities, and one of them I went back and was a teacher's aide. So um, just because I loved kids so much. So, uh, you know, I, I've always had that love, and I guess having my own kids helped. And You know, um, you're, you're such a teacher with your own kids, Exactly. Right? So, Ron, are you from the same area? Is that how you know well, this? Well, I'm familiar. I, I spent my formative uh, youth years in Rockland County, which is right near you, right? In Bergen. I lived in Suffern. Yes. You know where Suffern yes. is? Of course you do. I know exactly where it is. <laughs> I went to um, I went to Saddle River Day School, which is just on the other side oh, of Rockland. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'll give you one bit of trivia. You may know this. Have you ever been to the Nanuet Mall in Nanuet, New Jersey? I've never been to the Nanuet Mall. All right. Well, it, no. just, it was the first moving sidewalk in America. That's all I wanted to oh, say. Oh, wow. Bit of trivia there. I digress. <laughs> Maybe I'll make that the question for this, this episode. Um, so back to you, Suzanne. Um, comics. So the, a lot of what you do is with comics, which I love. So I was a first grade teacher. I also taught fifth grade. And some of my non-readers who were mostly boys did not like anything but comics. And they would read those graphic novels. They, we had like camp, Captain mm-hmm. Underpants um, they loved these books where they could see the pictures, but they were reading. So I was all about it. It was very exciting. So seeing you working in comics is really inspiring. I'm sure that you impact a lot of kids. You know, it, it is, it's, it's such a buzz, right? They just love it and they get so attached to it. And, um, we, we started, the reason I went into comics is because my little boy, Christopher, he started creating his own comics at eight. And um, he, too, loved Cap- Captain Underpants. His first love was Spider-Man, his dad. Um, my husband re- read um, comics to both my boys as bedtime stories when they were little. So that's how the comic interest started. And then, um, and then I couldn't do anything but comics, right, because they were such a love of Christopher's. But they were also such a love and such a connection to the kids we work with. And they really, really, um, they get to tell their own stories. 
no matter what they are, they get to tell their own stories, you know, in three to five, three to four panels. So are you teaching this class or is there a, an artist or an illustrator working with the kids? So, um, no, I am not teaching this class. We bring in a professional comic book author named Alex Simmons. He, um, he, he's a writer for, um, he has his own independent company, but he also has, works for DC Comics and Archie and other comics. So he comes in and he teaches the kids how to create comics like the professionals. So they learn all the jobs that a professional does, like a writer, penciler, color, um, anchor, and then they, um, and we walk them through the process as if they would wear all the hats of what, you know, the professionals what do. An amazing so opportunity. Cool. I would sign up for this class. I It, it is would really too. incredible. I loved yeah. my Archie comics. Oh my gosh. I can remember walking down to the store and buying comics. Archie's was my favorite. Me too. <laughs> Suzanne, how did you get somebody of this stature to come in and, or, or how did this come about? I mean, that's a major individual in the comic world and who wouldn't want to be part of that classroom? You know, um, one of my board members was friends with a comic illustrator and very, very, very good friends with him. And his name is John Gallagher, and he actually did the logo for our foundation. Wow. And she called him up and he, and said, you know, we need someone to teach the kids. And and he asked Alex, and Alex said, I would love to do it. You know, with the, it's interesting that you asked that, Ron, because with the foundation, everything, everything we needed, we might, you know, feel um, stuck, and then it would materialize. Hmm. It was like everything we needed just kind of entered into our paths. I love that's Christopher. He's taking care of it you. It is Christopher. Now, did he? <laughs> Definitely. You're at now. Are you at this one school? Is it Patterson's School Twenty One? Is is so? That? We started at School Twenty One. Yes. Okay. So originally, when we started out, I had planned to to bring this to many schools, and then we really focused on one school. So when we started with School Twenty One in Patterson, they they didn't. It was the same year. Budget cut. Um, limited their art, their music, and their library programs. And so we were the only enrichment program the fifth grade class had. Wow. And I know, isn't that incredible? And then we donated a comic book library to the school. So we stayed in that school. And then about 10 years later, we went through many principals, and they continued to have us there. And then, um, and then things changed, and um, that school was no longer available to us. So we moved to another school. The principal who, who had originally invited us into that school was now in another school, School 27 in Patterson. So we moved to that school, and that's where we are now. Do you see this expanding? Could you do this across the country, like in Charleston, <laughs> South Carolina? Let me get to my real question. Yeah, I can <laughs> can no, we get okay, you here? Yes. I, I could teach you how to run this program. I can teach anyone how to run this program because I have been volunteering every single class in the classroom, and I actually took this and brought it to my own Glenrock. I live in Glenrock, and taught it to the kids in my son's school. Now, it wasn't quite the same, right, because I didn't have the great big personality of Alex, but I still, but the kids didn't know the difference, right? <laughs> and I could still teach them how to, you know, really it's just tapping into your imagination and seeing all your potential. So uh, let me get back to the yoga part and I don't want to gloss over this because when you think about stress management I know I'm kind of coming back to the original uh, introduction 
this happens to have a personal interest for me. So that one of the benefits of knowing Robin is I get to ask questions for my own benefit. <laughs> Forget about the audience. Ron learns um, a lot. Stress management is like a big thing for me because, uh, you know, like everybody, I have a lot of stress. And I'm thinking, oh, yoga for stress management. That would be really relaxing. Can you please take me into the inspiration for that and the kinds of people that come in and the people that you are working with and, and certainly the results you're getting? That's what I'm most interested in. I, I did Pilates for yeah. a long time as much as you might laugh at that. It was always just me and the girls. But I've always been thinking about yoga. It wouldn't be very pretty, but I'd certainly try. <laughs> so I teach yoga to many different age groups. I teach in a studio, and so that's, you know, anyone who shows up in the studio. But typically, it's women in their 40s and 50s. Um, and then I also, since I teach at the college, it's enrolled students. So it's um, as part of the high school program all the juniors always take yoga. Mm. So there's two yoga instructors. I'm one of them. We both teach very differently. <laughs> um, and my um, yoga is what saved. Yoga is one of the things that saved me after my son died. You know, the breathing, the, the poses, moving that stress and the grief through my body was so beneficial. And yoga um, for stress management, I bring a lot into it. So of course we do the poses. That's what we do in the class, right? But I also bring in other elements. Mindfulness is really big to me and important to me. So is um, breath work, of course. But I teach the kids um, gratitude. They have to keep gratitude journals. They have to keep mindfulness journals. And it's more than just the journal. They actually have to do, say, one week they have to pick. And I think this is valuable for all of us. One week we have to pick something we multitask. So say you eat looking at your phone for that one week you just eat and don't look at your phone don't look at the tv some kids pick you know a lot of the kids i didn't know this but they do their home they do their homework watching youtube so they don't do their homework they don't use put youtube on that one week and they get to connect to themselves and that just being in the moment and not being distracted re reduces so much stress is this, is this somebody so you don't have to go Go ahead. I was just going to say, you don't have to go upside down to release stress. You can do it simply by being in the moment. So is what you're doing in the classroom something that you designed yourself or that you saw somebody and you took in? Because, you know, this is perfect. The name of the show is Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. This is exactly what we're talking about. Where, where does that energy come from? Where does the basis of your class come from? And how do you bring that and keep people engaged and excited and, of course, writing you five-star reviews when it's over. <laughs> I have to say it really comes from whatever has inspired me. So if something's really – if I, everything I teach I is part of my own life, things that have helped me. And, and I, as you can imagine, had a really, really – I was in a very, very, very bad place when my son died, obviously. And so – I, I teach what helped me. So the energy, I'm an energy practitioner as well. I didn't put that in my bio. It's called Jin Shin Jitsu. And I'll leave you with something that's super powerful that you can do and anyone can do. So basically Jin Shin Jitsu is light touch therapy where you hold different places on your body and you breathe. So simply holding your thumb, you can do it anywhere, reduces worry and anxiety. And it's just lightly touching your your thumb. I have my students do that. One of my students was a baseball player. So he told me he would hold his thumb and breathe before he got up to bat. And all of the, you know, the eight things he was thinking of zeroed into one. And then he could, you know, 
perform better when he came up to bat. So I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but... Um, I think you're leading us to more questions. Me. I want to know about this <laughs> energy practitioner. I love this. I love anything about this, like pressure points and just knowing more about how the body responds to the environment and how the mind and body are connected. And I just, this is so intriguing to me. Um, I, I do, so... Okay, you're writing a memoir, so I want to. I'm kind of jumping, chasing a squirrel, but I'm going to come back to that. Is all of this this story you're telling us, which clearly came from Christopher and the time you went through, which none of us can imagine? And here you are writing a memoir. Will all of this be included in it, or is it more part of your personal journey? Like, tell us about your memoir. So it's it's more bits of it will be in it, right? Um, it's more about our journey. So it starts out. I start out with um, right before Christopher um, is diagnosed at three years old. So it's written in creative nonfiction. So it's written like a novel, and um, uh, but it's true. And I walk through our life. The title, the working title right now is called Joy in the Midst. So I show how I balance the joy with the um excuse me, I, I bounce the hard times with the joy. And I also always had a lot of anxiety in my, a lot of anxiety. So that's a big piece of the book to show how I managed the anxiety. While I had, you know, a child fighting this terrible disease and he didn't get diagnosed with leukemia just once. He got diagnosed three times, which is, you know, truly terrible. And, um, but to show how we our life was about so much more than the cancer. Our life was about like living and fun times and ordinary life. It wasn't all, I guess that's why I am the way I am now, right? (laughs) Yeah, so beautiful. You, you, I'm sure, are helping so many people, even now before your book even comes out, helping so many people. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. You know, I just want to add, it starts before he gets sick and then it ends, um, uh, November, actually, November, right after COVID, November 2021, that's when I ended. You know, so it, um, it, it touches different parts of the life, but I have to show people how we survived too, right? I can't just leave them at Christopher's death. I have to show them how we found life, you know, after the tragedy. So, Suzanne, um, tell us how special Christopher was. And obviously, a, a lot of what you're doing with his foundation honors the person that he was. And maybe he told you in private conversations how he wanted you to do this. Maybe he speaks to you even now. And I know that from parents who've lost a child, that they hear the voice of their child saying, do this, do that, get on with your life, make something happen. And it's, it's a great uh, tool to, to continue to tell the message while keeping the legacy alive. Oh, thank you for that question, Ron. Um, Christopher was this incredible little boy, as all children are, right? But he had this witty sense of humor, and he was he was such a um, he wasn't afraid of anything. I'm like his mom. Um, <laughs> he wasn't afraid of anything, you know. He um, but he had a huge sense of justice too. Like he would um, little things like um, his birthday. He got two of the same. Well, that's separate. He was on the playground, and he saw a little kid, a, a big kid but he was younger than Christopher, getting into a fight, you know, and he went up to the little boy and he said, you just can't go around hitting people, you know, and he got kind of hit in the process, but he was always looking out for other people. And, you know, that I started to say he got two of the same gifts, 
for his birthday. And I said to him, you know, let's return one and you can get something else. And he's like, no, mommy, they spent, they spent a hard time trying to figure out what to give me and they spent their own money. We have to keep both of them. Wow. <laughs> so, so he, um, you know, he just always, and the one thing, he was a typical little kid, but he never complained about the treatment. I just said that to my husband the other day. He never complained about being in pain. He never complained about anything regarding the treatment, which was kind of a miracle. <laughs> um, you know, and he does. We are still in connection. You know, he um, gives us, me so many signs, mostly hearts. Um, he knows I love hearts. We never talked about it ahead of time. But I've lo- loved hearts since I was a little kid, and I find them everywhere. And um, and he gives me other little messages throughout the day. My uh, Jinshin Jitsu practitioner believes that he led me to Jinshin Jitsu so I could use it for myself, but I could also teach it to others. My God, I have chills. Well, tell us more about what the foundation does. I mean, in this brief bio I read, giving underserved kids hope and opportunities they might otherwise have. What are some of the wonderful things that you do and what kind of response are you getting from the community? Okay, I, I will tell you that in one second, Ron, but I just have to tell you, Christopher just sent me a sign. <laughs> what is that? Where do you have a heart? So I, whenever, so it's not a heart this time. I also get this. 11-11, someone once told me when it's 11-11, the veil is thinner, right? So right now, I'm, you asked me that question. I'm staring at the clock, and it was 11-11 just a second ago. Oh so um, so I, always, when, I always say, hi, bud, how you doing, whenever I see it. But um, so the foundation is, yeah, I know. So the foundation, um, we started it in 2010, as I told you, in a school that didn't have a lot. And um, Alex just teaches the kids and, and my, my, myself and our board members all volunteer in the classroom. And the kids just grew. It, it was a, it was a we're in a school district that's in a very um, difficult neighborhood. Um, two of the children, unfortunately, who have gone through our program, have been killed in drive-by shootings. Oh you know, so it's I know it's really terrible. So these kids, like they, you know, our our program just they taught them to believe in themselves. And I'll give you a couple idea. Um, I'll give you um, two examples of the comics that the kids wrote. One little girl, ten year old wrote a comic about a half man, half, excuse me, half woman, half robot that could hear the cries of homeless people and a stomach to make food for them. Mm. That was one comic by a 10 year old, you know, and um, another comic was a a kid who um, always wanted to be a, it was a hamburger and always wanted to be a hot dog. And so he (laughs) became a hot dog only to to learn that the new fad was hamburgers. (laughs) That's very creative. That is so cute. Yeah, right? And um, the kids, we've worked with over a 1,000 kids, and they they learn that they're, like, they get to, some of the kids write about situations in their own lives. Some kids write about things they would love to, you know, have or achieve. We keep it very wide open. You know, there were suggestions to us to adapt it to social studies or science, and we said, no, we want the kids to be able to write whatever they want. They get to, um, they come in and they create a character. That's the very first step. Then they learn how to pencil and ink it. Then they learn how to, they come up with a story idea. They learn how to plot it. Then they script it. And then they put it onto professional comic strip boards. And from there, they 
um, pencil ink and color it. We shrink it down into an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. We color it, they color it, and then we put it into an anthology. I can send you one. We put it into an anthology that we make of, that all the kids get in the class. I want to do that. Um, that sounds remarkable. so cool. I know. Before we and forget, let me interrupt kids, for Oh, go ahead. Finish up mm, your thought. Course, I, no, go ahead. No, um, it's fine. Well, I just want to make sure that people can find you after the show ends, which is going to be coming up soon. Website to check out uh, the stress management class if anybody's listening in New Jersey, and we have a bunch of listeners there, as well as the foundation. Make sure we know how to get in touch with both organizations. Okay, so I have two different websites because one is strictly the foundation, right. and that's Christopher Barron, two R's in Barron, live, L-I-V-E, life.org. And then the, my my website is my name. So it's SuzanneABarron.com. Um, All right. So let's get back to the uh, wonderful results from these kids that are taking your class and the, what the foundation is doing. Didn't want to interrupt, but we want to make sure people can find you. Oh, I know. I appreciate that, Ron. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, you know, the kids, they've just done, some of the kids have gone on to, you know, pursue art, pursue comics. Some have just, they said it just helped them to, to see their own light within. You know, um, we, we, we sometimes get snippets of what the kids have done, but sometimes, well, actually, what we've been able to do, we haven't done this at the new school, but we did at the old school, and we talked about doing it going forward, is after they go through the program, they get to come back as mentors oh, and teach the kids. wow. So cool. You know, volunteer with us. Wow. I'm t- can you imagine, I'm talking to Robin now, just for a second, <laughs> Suzanne, can you imagine taking a class to be a comic I, ar- artist and have somebody no. teach you the the real way to do it and these kids are pursuing careers? Hats off it's to you, It's so Suzanne. cool. And I love the process. It's a step. Yeah. You don't, because a lot of times kids sit and they make something and it's done. Right. This is a process. You're going to do this, like what you were saying, you color it in. And we got to learn all the different Ooh, pieces and parts. Love it. What's what's yeah. next? You should, yeah. you, and there must be a big picture here, I'm sure. Uh, give me some of your vision for what you'd like to do next as part of this. The comic book program or the other side? How about everything? Yes. Whatever everything. you can think of. Yeah. Unfortunately, you got about you go. 60 seconds to tell me, and then <laughs> go. we got to okay, go. Okay, go. We told you this show so, would go well, fast. It does go fast. So with the program, we want to just keep giving it to kids, and you know. And I've talked about we, we've talked about extend, expanding it to another school. Um, we'll probably have to get another teacher to do that, but it's all good. And then with me, you know, I'm working on my book. I want to make. I want. I really want to get Jinchin Jitsu and mindset. I want to expose that to as many people as possible because it doesn't just help your mind. You can re- remove discomfort in your body. Like I, I had hurt my ankle running, and I sat down and I did some flows, and my ankle felt better. So it's. I really want to teach this to as many people as possible because I can teach you, and then you can do it on yourself. You know, it's something you can do on your own time, which is so amazing. What a great guest, Suzanne. Thank you so much. And Robin, once again, another winner oh, as an interview. Amazing. You thank do you, this Suzanne, all the time. for everything you're doing. Thank you, both. All right, folks, thank you've been you listening so really to Energy it. Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. Suzanne, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I have to do this by law. I'm kidding. We <laughs> hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love your feedback at thelearningring.com, where you can also reach out to Robin with questions or comments and even chances to win fabulous prizes. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. <laughs>